0: Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome back to the podcast. This week we are talking about anti-obesity medications, a.k.a. weight loss medications that are available in Canada. And if you haven't already, you need to go back and listen to the last four weeks. This is the end of my five-part series called Rethinking Obesity. And I've really talked about um, the physiology of obesity, how it is complex, how it requires multimodal treatment. And last week, we talked about the pillars of treatment. And today, we're talking about one of those pillars, which is Medical therapy, and if you happen to li- listen to this podcast on the day it is released, you can come join me at my free masterclass. It's coming up this Thursday, November second, and it's called Mindset and Medicine. And this is the second time I'm running this masterclass. The first time we <laughs> had so many people respond, and that we maxed out our Zoom meeting capacity. So this time we have increased our Zoom meeting capacity, and uh, I would love to invite you to join. You can go to Sasha High MD. Forwards, oh sorry. Sasha High, MD.com forward slash registration hyphen masterclass. Registration hyphen masterclass. All right, let's get into it. So, we talked about the pillars of treatment, and I talked about the importance of learning behavioral skills and tools and having psychological interventions, and then the third pillar being pharmacotherapy or medical treatment. And the goal with all of these treatments is to help a person achieve their healthiest lifestyle, where they are eating their healthiest diet, where they are moving their body, sleep, um, stress management, all of that is intact. And the important thing that I highlighted last week was that telling someone that they need to improve their lifestyle is not a treatment. That is the end result of effective treatment in obesity management. And so sometimes we need to correct physiology. And if you have listened to my podcast, I've talked about how the brain is the main driver in weight regulation and appetite dysregulation. And that for some people with obesity, despite all of their best efforts, and despite implementing tools to create their healthiest lifestyle, their physiology will resist that weight loss. And there's a number of reasons for this. Sometimes it's purely just genetics, right? Like your genetics are just fighting to keep you at a higher body weight. Sometimes it's that you've spent a lifetime yo-yo dieting and, you know, there's been some disruptions to your metabolic rate and, um, to your hunger hormones that make it very, very hard now, decades later to lose the weight. Uh, sometimes it's because of medications you've taken in your lifetime. So there's a lot of different factors involved and it's not a matter of blame. It just is right? So if we can accept that there is psychology to address, behaviors to address, and physiology to address, then we can better have a conversation around, well, how do we treat that physiology? Nutrition can treat that physiology, sure. Um, Lifestyle factors can treat that physiology. And I'm a huge proponent for a healthy lifestyle. Like if you've listened to any of my stuff, you know, right? Like I'm all about let's all be intentional about creating our best health and our best lifestyle. And I'm not against using medication. If there is a disease state, we need to correct that with medication. And that's what obesity is. It's a medical condition. It is a chronic disease. And so, if you are a person who has this disease, and go back four episodes if you want to hear me explain why it's a disease then you may require medical treatment for it. Not everyone does, but you may. And the reason I kind of go on and on about this is because there's still a lot of um, internalized bias by people living with obesity that they shouldn't need to take medication for this because they should be able to manage this on their own. They got themselves to this place. They should be able to manage it. And that is what we call bias. And the reason for that is let me tell, let, let's say, let's, let's use a different chronic medical condition. Let's say you had heart disease and I was like, Hey, you know what? you you really need to be on like an antiplatelet, something like aspirin, uh, Plavix, plus you need to be on a blood pressure, lowering medication, something like Perindopril. Um, these are long term treatments. You have heart disease. You'd be like, absolutely. Give me the medication that I need to make sure that my heart is okay, because I have a disease and I need to treat that chronic disease it somehow isn't the same with obesity. You know why? Because we still don't really believe that obesity is a medical condition. We still kind of believe that this is just the result of poor lifestyle choices. So I just challenge you on that. If, if like, I wonder if that comes up for you as you're listening of like, I shouldn't need medication for this. I'm not saying you have to use medication and I'm not even a medication pusher. In fact, I 100% believe that we should do everything in our power to create our healthiest lifestyles and healthy- best health. I'm just an and kind of person, right? So I'm like, do all that. And sometimes you may need medication, right? And so we just need to really be aware of our own biases. Sometimes that's bias about other people using medication as though they're cheating. Sometimes it's bias towards yourself that you shouldn't have to take medication. Um, And I just challenge you to replace obesity with any other chronic disease and, and ask yourself if you would have that same response, right? So if you had... Rheumatoid arthritis, and you needed to go on um, an anti-inflammatory medication. Would you have that same response of like, no, no, no I got this. Like, I got to manage this myself. I just challenge you with that, okay? Because we know there's still a lot of bias. Even there's physicians. Maybe there's physicians listening who also have this bias, and you also are reluctant to put your patients on anti-obesity medications. Maybe you're one of those doctors has, who's been like, no, no, obesity's tackled in the kitchen. I, I kid you not, I have heard that. I've had patients tell me that their doctor said that to them, and I'm just like, oh my, oh my, we got some work to do. We have some education to do, right? Again, it's like not an either or situation. It's not saying, I'm not at all saying that I don't want you to work on your lifestyle, but that is bias, right? That is a- making huge assumptions. About a person based on a medical condition that they have, and so we just really need to be careful about that. So, you know, there are physicians who continue to have that bias. There are patients who continue to have that bias. The general public continues to have that bias. We need to be aware. I get that. And, and let's let's talk about appropriate medical treatment. Okay. So in Canada, if you're one of my. Um, International listeners, thank you so much for listening, by the way. Uh, You probably have more options if you're in the States. If you are in a country like Australia, New Zealand, um, Europe, you may have fewer options. So each country is going to have different options for anti-obesity medications. Um, United States tends to have the most medical treatment options. Canada is a little bit more limited, but still pretty good compared to other parts of the world. So in Canada, we currently have four approved anti-obesity medications now let me stop for a second because at the beginning i said anti-obesity medications aka weight loss medications the reason i say that is because for seo reasons no one is going to listen to this podcast if i just talk about anti-obesity medications because no one is googling about anti-obesity medications everyone is googling about weight loss medications and so I know that's what everyone calls it. That's what I call it in my social media, only because that's the only way the algorithm is going to pick me up, right? And um, everyone is looking at weight loss medications, but really what we should be calling these these is obesity treatments, okay? Because remember, we're coming back to the fact that we're treating a medical condition here. We're not trying to create aesthetic weight loss. We're not doing this to uh, like feed into diet culture of you know, a certain aesthetic is what everyone needs to achieve. And so you need to go on medication to achieve that. Like, that's not what this is about. We're we're talking about how do we improve someone's health, quality of life, and well-being if they have a disease that we call obesity that leads to a lot of other complications and, you know, mortality risk and, you know, lots of um, health risk. How do we treat that? Okay. So that's, my little, I'll just throw, throw that in there that this these are anti-obesity drugs. These are obesity treatments that we are talking about. So coming back, we have four. The very, very first, or the earliest one, the, the one that's that we've had the longest, okay, is a medication called Orlistat, also called Xenical. This is an oral tablet um, taken three times a day, usually with meals. And what it is, it's a lipase inhibitor. And lipase is an enzyme in our gut that breaks down fat. So essentially the mechanism of action of this drug is it doesn't break down fat in your gut, so you don't absorb the fat, so the fat gets pooped out. (laughs) Okay, in really like a blunt language, you poop out the fat from your diet, and it causes about 30% of the fat ingested to be pooped out. But you can imagine that that comes with some side effects too. So um, because you are pooping out the fat, you can get oily stool, which is called steatorrhea, You can get some gastric discomfort, cramping, abdominal discomfort, Um, and it's not that effective. So the, the weight loss isn't hugely significant. It's in the single digits and, Generally, we don't use this medication very much. And when I say we, I mean obesity physicians in Canada. This is not a, high, a very commonly used medication. There are rare circumstances where we might use this for someone who has like constipation, then we might use it because it's beneficial to kind of get some diarrhea going and, um, and, and you know maybe some weight loss as well. So I don't use this one much. Let's park that one. Um, it's been available, I think since 1999 is when um, Orlostad or Zenical came out. The next one that came out, uh, I believe 2015 was liraglutide or Sixenda. Okay. So I'm going to give you both names because most people are going to know this drug as Sixenda. Sixenda was the first GLP-1 receptor agonist to come out specifically for obesity as the indication. Prior to that, we had GLP-1 receptor agonists, GLP-1 medications for type 2 diabetes, but this was the first one that came out just specific specifically for obesity and GLP one is a hormone that is produced in our gut in in our body. And it has a number of functions throughout the body. A lot of different organs in the body have receptors for this, for this hormone, this peptide in the brain, GLP one acts on the appetite center of the hypothalamus to reduce the desire for food, reduce the drive for food, reduce food intake and cause earlier satiety. It also acts on the pancreas to help with glucose-sensitive insulin production. So if you have high blood sugars, it's going to cause insulin to be produced to lower blood sugars, and that's where we get the beneficial effects for type two diabetes. It's not gonna cause low blood sugars if your blood sugar is already normal, okay? So that's what we mean by glucose dependent. So it's really dependent on having high blood sugars, it's gonna bring them down, but if your blood sugars are normal, it's not gonna drop you, so you're not gonna have hypoglycemia um, or low blood sugars. So there's very low risk of that. So the effect based on this mechanism mechanism of action for a patient taking six or liraglutide or a GLP one class is that they're going to have less hunger earlier satiety, which means you might eat half your meal, like your half your favorite meal at a restaurant and be like, I cannot have another bite. Like I'm totally done less of a wanting of food, there tends to be an effect on like that food chatter. A lot of people will report that and, um, it'll improve blood sugars and insulin sensitivity as well. And so the result of all this, if you're eating less food is that, Um, and correcting insulin resistance is that there's going to be weight loss. Now, average weight loss is somewhere in the range of like eight to 10% with Sixenda, which is clinically significant because a weight loss of five to 10% is what you know in the medical world we say hey if you can lose five to ten percent of your initial body weight we're actually going to see real improvements in blood sugar in blood pressure in your you know even um l- numbers on blood work cholesterol um liver enzymes can improve so five to ten percent weight loss for a lot of people is like that's nothing but from a medical standpoint from a health standpoint that's actually significant. So, 8 to 10% is what we were seeing with Succenda. Now, this is an injectable medication. It's taken once a day, usually injected into the belly or the thigh. It's subcutaneous, which means it's a tiny four millimeter needle. It comes in a pre dosed pen that you click to the dosage, um, put on a fresh needle, inject it into your belly, done and done. Um, Generally, it's easy to administer, but you do need to take it every single day. The side effects are primarily gastrointestinal side effects, GI side effects. So, things like nausea, constipation or diarrhea, sometimes rarely vomiting. Um, Reflux is quite common, particularly if you already have reflux, because it does slow down gastric emptying. So, remember, I said there's a lot of receptors for this GLP1 peptide in a number of different organs. Well, there's receptors for GLP1 in your gut, in your stomach. And um this GLP1 medication will slow things down. So things are gonna sit in your stomach longer. So if you have a really large meal, if you overeat, it's gonna sit in your stomach, you're gonna feel pretty unwell. Okay, so that was medication number two. Medication number one was Xenocal, and medication number two is Sixenda. The third medication that came out in Canada was called um Contrave. Oh goodness, I'm gonna correct myself. I there's five approved medic no, no, four one off label. Okay. Oh gosh. Let me come back. Let me come back. Number three. Contrave. Contrave is naltrexone bupropion. So it's a combination medication. Naltrexone is, um, an opioid blocker. Okay. So it blocks the effects of opioids in the brain. And it primarily has been used on its own for smoking cessation. Uh, sorry, I'm lying for alcohol dependency. People with alcohol dependency, um, if they go on naltrexone, it'll reduce, com- like, com- really reduce their desire for alcohol, and they'll have a negative effect if they have alcohol. The bupropion component is um, it's a norepinephrine and dopamine reuptake inhibitor. Fancy words. You have no idea what I just said. <laughs> Essentially, it acts on the brain, on the dopamine pathways within the brain. And if you're really listening because you've been following my podcast, I talk a lot about dopamine and how dopamine is the driver, that neurotransmitter that drives the motivation to go and get more food, alcohol, whatever, you know, sex, drugs, uh, social media, that's the dopamine effect. And so by modulating the dopamine and the opioid pathways within the the brain, contrary really reduces cravings. So for people who primarily are very craving driven and that drives their overeating, Contrave is going to dial that down. It also has an effect on the hypothalamus on the appetite center. So it's going to also reduce the um, intake of food. The resulting weight loss is somewhere in the range of eight, again, eight to nine to 10, maybe percent. Okay. So this medication is taken as pills twice a day. So you slowly ramp up, but it's at full dose, two pills in the morning and two pills early evening. There are a few drug interactions that you need to be aware of. And so it's really important to work with your doctor or pharmacist to check if you're on other medications that may have drug interactions that may require dosing changes. And, um, There are some side effects. Again, there's gastrointestinal side effects, so stomach cramping. Some people will also get headaches with this medication. And then some people, if they take this medication too late at night, will get insomnia. So it really needs to be taken early evening to avoid that insomnia. So this is another drug class. So we have three different drug classes, right? We have the gastric lipase inhibitor. Then we had the GLP-1 class. And now we have a third class that really acts on that reward brain. The fourth medication that has been approved is called semaglutide. Semaglutide or semaglutide, there's different pronunciations, otherwise known as Wegovi or Ozempic. Now, here's where the, con- the, the confusion comes from. Ozempic is the version of semaglutide that's been approved for type 2 diabetes. Wegovi is the version of semaglutide which has been approved for obesity, but both are the exact same thing. It's just the name that the pharmaceutical company came up with. Okay, So for everyone who's fighting about whether Ozempic should be taken for type 2 diabetes or obesity, like it's the same thing. Ozempic and Wegovy are the exact same drug at different doses. One has been approved for diabetes. One has been approved by obesity. Both have been approved as these, as these are the primary indications. And both of these medical conditions are equally valid in terms of requiring treatment, because they're both real medical conditions. So semaglutide is a GLP-1 similar to liraglutide or Sixenda, i.e. Ozempic and Sixenda are cousins. Ozempic or Wegovi, I'm going to talk about those two together because remember they're the same thing. Ozempic or Wegovi is a once weekly injection versus Saxenda is that daily injection. So it's a little bit easier to take, right? To take a drug once a week that you inject into your belly or your thigh with a tiny four millimeter needle that just goes under your skin. It's, it's, for many people, really liberating just to have to take something once a week instead of taking pills twice a day or an injection every single day. And it has all of the same beneficial effects as Sixenda in that it acts on the hypothalamus, reduces the wanting of food, appetite, food intake, earlier satiety, the drive for food, the food chatter, the cravings, and it will also improve glycemic control, blood sugar lowering, But the percentage weight loss that we see with the higher doses of semaglutide uh, up to 2.4 milligrams every single week is in the range of 17%. So now we're entering into double-digit weight loss categories. So we're seeing more significant weight loss. And when we go V at 2.4 milligrams, when the publications came out, like this really was, you know huge impact in the obesity medicine world, because prior to that, we didn't have medications that could achieve double digit weight loss. It was really like, yeah, you know, eight to 10%, like eight, 9% is reasonable. It's pretty good. But if we want double digit weight loss, we're really looking at bariatric surgery. Well introduce semaglutide to the table and all of a sudden, we're seeing numbers that are approaching what we may see with bariatric surgery, which is bariatric surgeries may maybe like 25% weight loss. Well, 17% to avoid a surgical procedure with a medication its pretty good. Um, some of the challenges is that um, Wegovy is not available in Canada yet, even though it's been approved. And this is because of the global shortages of Ozempic and Wegovi. And anyone who's on the, one of these medications is very aware there are shortages. And it's been hard to get these medications at the pharmacy. And the reason is because of the delivery device. The pen itself has been the holdup, not the drug, the pen. And because of that, there are num- you know people all around the world are having a hard time getting this medication. So Wegovi is not available. And therefore, many people with obesity have been using Ozempic off-label. And it's only off-label because of nomencl- nomenclature. It's off-label because the drug company decided to have two different names, marketing purposes, right? But um, it's on-label if you look at it as semaglutide. The side effects are very similar, again, to Sixenda, in that they're mainly GI side effects, nausea, vomiting, reflux, constipation, diarrhea. But when these medications are properly administered with adequate supervision, these should be very minimal. So whenever I hear people with like very severe side effects, they're vomiting every day. I'm like, you know what? You probably didn't have very good medical supervision because any really, you know, experienced obesity provider is going to counsel you about appropriate titration and how to minimize those side effects. Cause I always say this to my patients. Listen, I hate vomiting when I was like pregnant and nauseous I hate that feeling and I never want my patients to experience that because it's just an awful feeling so I give them really good counsel and we give them a a written handout of how do you take this medication to minimize your side effects and the key is really to do a very slow dose titration so You start at a low dose and you slowly increase it over time. If you do that too quickly, if you do that thinking you have to get up to the full dose and you have to follow the titration schedule and you have a lot of side effects, it's going to be bad for you, right? It's not going to be tolerable. But if you recognize that you can go as slow as you need to, even if it takes you a year to get to full dose, right? Like I've actually had patients who took so long, but they did it and they were able to minimize their side effects and make it tolerable and still get the benefit of the medication that way. Okay. So that was the fourth one. Now I'm going to talk to you about the fifth one, which is actually off label. So it's like a four plus one, even a four plus two. I'll throw in another one. <laughs> OK. And this is exciting because this medication literally just came out maybe four days ago. Uh, so the last medication is um, And the brand name is Manjaro. And my American listeners have already been, been familiar with medication. It has been in the United States for a while. But it just, just, just like fresh off the press, it has been released in Canada. Trisepatide is a combination GLP-1, GIP, okay? So rather than one peptide, which is GLP-1, it's now two peptides in combination, GLP-1 and GIP. And this is a really, really powerful medication for both type 2 diabetes and obesity. Currently, it only has an indication in Canada for type 2 diabetes treatment. And um, in type 2 diabetes, it has very very significant blood sugar lowering so we're seeing blood sugar lowering in the range of 2.1 to 2.6 percent a1c lowering so if if anyone you know listening has type 2 diabetes you know that we use a1c as kind of a, a judge of how well your blood sugar is controlled on average and, you know, most medications that we saw prior to this would give like a 1% reduction or a 1.5% reduction A1C. So to get 2.6% A1C reduction is very, very significant, like, you know, game changing in the field of type 2 diabetes. And then in type 2 diabetes patients, the weight loss at full dose of tirzepatide is in the range of 12.5%. So now we're seeing more significant weight loss. and you're probably listening to this and being like, but that's not, that's like lower percent. You just told me it was 17%. Well, the weight loss in people who have obesity without type two diabetes is usually much higher than the people who have obesity and type two diabetes. Once you have type two diabetes, the ability to lose weight is reduced. And it's for a lot of different reasons, likely related to the severe underlying insulin resistance, metabolic changes. So we just tend to see in the studies lower weight loss in people who have type 2 diabetes than those who just have obesity without type 2 diabetes. In the studies of terzepatide in patients with obesity and no type 2 diabetes, the average weight loss was 20.9%. So you can see why people are excited about this medication, right? We're seeing much, much higher percentage weight loss at 15 milligrams of terzepatide. This is, again, a once-weekly injectable medication, so fairly easy to administer, The only thing is that there have been global shortages of the pen, as I just told you, with Ozempic. So the same global shortages of the Manjaro pen. And therefore, in Canada, Manjaro or Trisepetide is being released as a vial and syringe format, meaning the patients will be given a single-use vial for each dose, and they need to draw it into the syringe. And the, the, the needle is a six to eight millimeter needle slightly bigger needle than with the pens um, and then they need to inject themselves so there's a little bit more of a learning curve with this medication and people who are kind of squirmish around needles may have more of a difficult time but very very effective similar side effect profile to the other glp1 medications with the like gi side effects but much higher percentage weight loss now the question is because sometimes people, you know, I, I mentioned this to my clients inside Best Weight, and immediately everyone's like, how do I get to see the doctor so I can switch over? The question is, do you need to? Okay. So if you're someone who is already on one of the anti obesity medications, maybe you're on semaglutide, you're on Ozempic already, you've had a good response to it, you need to ask yourself, do I even need to switch over, right? Do I need to achieve higher weight loss? Do I need to go on a newer medication that doesn't have the same long-term safety data that Ozempic does? Is there that much more significant benefit to me? That's the question. I think the people who definitely should be considering Manjaro are those who maybe didn't didn't have a good response to Sixenda, didn't really respond to Ozempic. Maybe they'll respond to Manjaro because of the GLP-1-GIP combination. Um, or people who have lost weight but would really, really clinically benefit from higher weight loss because they still have very you know, um, significant health complications as a result of their obesity. Those are the type of people maybe you want to be considering switching to trisepatide, but just because trisepatide has come out does not mean I believe everyone should switch to it. In fact, I don't, um, let me give you a a reason why I wouldn't switch someone. Uh, there is cardiovascular data for semaglutide or ozempic. So in people who have had a history of heart disease, um, when that was studied, so people with heart disease who then took semaglutide, there was a 20% reduction in cardiovascular events. So that means 20% reduction in heart attack, stroke, um, peripheral arterial events. That hasn't been demonstrated with trizepatide or manjaro yet. Maybe it will be. But right now, if you are someone who has pre-existing heart disease, ozempic is probably your best choice. Semaglutide is probably your best choice. Twenty percent reduction in cardiovascular events is very significant. Okay, so that was just that's just an example, one example, and this is why it's not like a blanket thing. Like, oh, look it, it has the most weight loss. Everyone should therefore take it. Well, not everyone requires that much weight loss. Number one, not everyone you know necessarily needs to be on that medication. Number two, and this is where you know having an obesity physician working with someone who is aware of the nuances is beneficial. All right, uh, I hope that is helpful. I did say I would I'd share one more. Okay, so I gave you four that are approved. I gave you one off label. The last off label one is metformin. Metformin is like, has been around forever. Okay, it's like the first line diabetes treatment. It is a drug that improves insulin sensitivity, and it has also been demonstrated to produce weight loss in type 2 diabetes patients over 10 years. It resulted in about a sustained 10% weight loss, which is significant. And that was sustained over 10 years in the DPP trial and it's very cheap. It's very toler like easily tolerated. Um, it is being studied in longevity. So anyone who follows like the P- Peter Atias of the world, you've probably heard about metformin. It's being studied in like cancer reduction, longevity. It's one of these drugs that seems to have a lot of benefit. And so, you know, for people who are like just dipping their toe into the world of anti-obesity medications, they're not ready for, you know, the other medications, sometimes they're more willing to take something like metformin, specifically if they have very severe underlying insulin resistance on that pre-diabetes range, or they have PCOS with very severe insulin resistance. These are people who may benefit from introducing metformin, um, either as an adjunct or as like their starting line for anti-obesity therapy. All right. So let's just review. I talked about Xenical or Orlistat. Next up was Sixenda or Liraglutide. Then we had Contrave, which is naltrexone bupropion. Then we had Semaglutide or Ozempic slash Wegovi. And the, la- uh, the last two are Terzepatide or Manjaro, which is the newest kit on the block, just released. And then Metformin, which has been around-, around for a really long time. So these are the treatment options in Canada. As I said, the United States has a few more options in addition to this. If you do, you know, if you're someone who has obesity or overweight and you need, and you're like more open to considering this, then I encourage you either to work with me, (laughs) come see us. We've got physicians in every province. Um, Join our coaching program, Best Weight. You can go to um, SashaHighMD.com or speak to your own physician, right? Just have the conversation. Make sure you're speaking to someone who knows what they're talking about. All right, have a wonderful week. I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.